0: get a free slurpee today <laughs> right.
1: i i i, I kind of pass on the slurpees you know I me. Mean. i don't no. drink any i don't drink sugar drinks
0: well uh, sugar alcohols no uh that uh you know they're very tiny cups the free slurpee okay. was actually a very tiny and they have this delicious, really
1: really selling me on this slurpee no
0: it, it, no it's just a nice chili and it was a they have this really delicious uh sugar-free watermelon lime slurpee flavor for what they claim is a limited time Oh, from Fanta, but it is delicious.
1: I had a watermelon uh, beer last night.
0: Oh my gosh, those are good too. It was delicious. Uh, so by the way, this across from me, we are podcasting via Skype uh, for a variety of reasons, although we were both in the San Francisco Bay Area across from me running the board and trying to make sense of all of this. I never envy him uh, <laughs> for having to edit this. Uh, it is, of course. Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. So we got some comics news, some movie news, some TV news. Uh, and, of course, the big top story, though, is almost combines, well, at least two out of the three, which is uh, – you recall last week. It's always hard to think back a week. We talked about uh, how there were article. it was a big article, and I think it was The Hollywood Reporter, decrying how box office was down and the movies all sucked And then uh, I said, you know, the movie to watch now, you claimed Valerian. That was going to be the test. And I said, no, the movie to watch is going to be Spider-Man Homecoming, when it's the third version uh, of Spider-Man in 15 years. And a lot of people were being very cynical about it. And uh, it made $110 million. I only
1: only didn't mention it because I knew it was going to be a success.
0: Right, but I'm saying it was the immediate the crying right so back to you saw spider-man homecoming i will assume
1: i have not seen it yet oh no i am gonna try and get out tomorrow morning to go see it
0: oh i apologize rick when i put this as a top story i thought well you know i'm gonna put this in a strange perspective even nate costa got (laughs) to see it yesterday yeah so
1: (laughs) no it's it's been tough with uh you know yes to, to to uh to coin a phrase, I've been spending time with the family.
0: Uh, all right. Well, uh, overwhelmingly, then perhaps we don't necessarily need to get into it, except for the uh, you know the aftermath of of what happens next, industry wise, or with Spider-Man: Homecoming wise. Uh, it I have yet to see somebody not like it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say that I thought. I was looking back over like old reviews of the previous films and I thought, you know, I, I've, I've liked every Spider-Man movie. This is the first one that I've loved. And, uh, you know, in they, they, I saw it Thursday night. I, I took uh, my son last night and everything was still, was still surprising. And there are a couple of moments there where, he was so excited that he had to turn to me and show me his face, like get in my face with (laughs) his face with how tense he was and how like, this is great. But it's also so funny. It's so, you know, it's just, you're going to have a smile. I, it's the Spider-Man movie that we've all waited for. The others have had their pros and cons. Like, sure. You know, a lot of people love the the, the energy Ramey brought to, to Spider-Man. And then we said, Tom Holland's really only like a year younger than, than Tobey Maguire was. When when he started, or maybe two years younger than when Toby McGuire started, but he looks so he much. He looks younger, like
1: so. five years younger, you know.
0: Yeah, you know he the, he has a line where he does specifically say he's like fifteen, at the in the time of, he was fourteen, during the events of Civil War, he's fifteen or just turned fifteen. You know, he's a high school sophomore, and even yeah. he, and he's believable in that, and his in a supporting cast which is very clearly out of. You know, as much from Ultimate Spider-Man, there's as much Miles supporting cast as they are his. Um, you know, they—it's it, it, it was just it—it—it it, it was the John Hughes movie. You know, every Marvel movie has the genre that it kind of adapts into the superhero oh, trope, okay. and this is the John Hughes movie. Down to the point, I said in the review, like when you go to the Homecoming dance, they're even playing '80s Brit pop, like songs that would be nice. in a, in a John pink. Hughes movie. I'm like, well, tell <laughs> tell me. You know, I chaperoned like 10 years worth of high school dances in the 21st century, and I will guarantee you, not one of the songs that I loved
1: <laughs>
0: growing up when I was in high school, which would be the John Hughes soundtrack, none of those were ever played. Um, yeah. You know, so I thought it's really funny that they just go ahead and, and, and do that. I, but you I know what?
1: Did... Now they will be.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, Spider Man so...
1: themed homecoming.
0: Uh, you know yeah, it's it's great, and right, it's you know, it's fun. Michael Keaton is fantastic as the Vulture, and you know, then the question becomes, what is going to happen? I want. I think Sony had better renegotiate and and keep extending that that he's part of the Marvel universe. Although the reality is, too, Spider Man can function with just references to the rest of the Marvel universe in solo films, you know, as we've talked about for a couple of weeks. Well, this
1: is more than just references, because you've got Iron Man in it, right?
0: No, 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 I know, but I'm saying you can just acknowledge there's a wider... I, I don't want to go further as to what references are actually in the film, but, you know, this is steeped in, he's in the Marvel Universe. You know, they Kevin Feige revealed a couple of weeks ago that, uh, or I think Tom Holland may have been the one that actually revealed it, and Feige confirmed it, that in Iron Man 2, there's the kid... That faces down against like uh, Whiplash's army of, of iron armor. So he's wearing an Iron Man mask. Yeah. And they said, well, that's that was Peter Parker. That was young Peter Parker because it, the movie actually starts with the Battle of Manhattan and he's and he, or the Battle of New York, you know, which is Avengers, the first Avengers film, right? And then it says eight years later, and that's when Peter Parker fits in the continuity as as fifteen year old. But you said like that seven year old kid you saw, or the six year old kid you saw in Iron Man two, you never saw his face. So that was Peter Parker, and you know they're they're retconning things and they're adding that and they're, they're part of it. But reality too, is, you know, he can uh, it's he can he can exist in Queens without having to necessarily meet up with any other superheroes. Yeah, they're all Manhattan-based or upstate New York. That was you know, always
1: kids. a strange thing, though, because he was always commuting in for <laughs> into Queens, in from Queens to New York to Manhattan, well, to fight yeah, crime. I mean,
0: well, and, and this, and, and well, because he went to the Daily Bugle, was in Manhattan, right? So right. None of that's here, but they do address those kinds of distances. And I thought, you know, it, it owes a lot to to Stanley and Steve Ditko, but it owe, owes, I feel. Not to my not as much to Miles Morales in the character, but but to the ultimate Spider man to Peter Parker to Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley that there are poses that this Spider-Man takes that are right out of Bagley's artwork, but there's also so much that people forget how you know what a breath of fresh air this was when Peter David first started writing Spider-Man back in the eighties oh yeah, and yeah. the humor and that reality of like, yeah, there are limitations to being a web slinger, as you say here for if he's not in Manhattan, you know, are, are there as many buildings to swing off of? Right, right. And, you know, a favorite story from comics, uh, the commuter cometh, And I, and I saw somebody post a panel. There's really even a visual reference to the commuter cometh, which was Peter David's first Spider-Man story. And it's like everybody involved in this film did; they went deep. So, uh, so,
1: so when I was in middle school, some friends of mine and I made a comic book about a friend of ours gaining superpowers and basically a Spider-Man knockoff. In Campbell, right? The only the the gimmick was he could only swing around the pruneyard tower because that was the only building that you could actually <laughs> swing around. So he was just hanging around the pruneyard. Kind uh, of like, those, a, like a mall kid.
0: Okay, yeah, for those uh, listening who are not from the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, the Prune Yard's a local shop center with two towers. We are very limited by how high our buildings can be because it, of when earthquake it, when, safety.
1: It, on, on its defense, when it was built, it was the biggest, tallest tower between San Francisco and Los Angeles. So, <laughs> but yeah.
0: Is it taller than anything in downtown San Jose? I
1: don't I know guess. if that's still true today, but when it was okay. built back in the 70s, it was. So.
0: Okay. Yeah, but it is, It is. Uh, you know, there's not a lot around it that's anywhere no. near that tall. No, there's a mini uh, tower
1: now, but it's only about eight stories <laughs> There are a high. couple
0: of water towers. Yeah, and, there, uh, there is. is. Del Monte uh, water tower.
1: That's quite a stretch between the, you yeah. <laughs> know, <laughs> take the bus out so you can swing off the Del Monte tower. <laughs>
0: well there you go it's an issue anyway okay so So the question
1: the question i have out of all this so sony now does sony believe that they've done this on their own or did they did they believe that they did this by pairing up with marvel and and getting the the character in the spirit of the rest of the marvel cinema universe and will they continue to learn from that and if so, will they be a object lesson for Fox as well?
0: I can't answer that question.
1: I can I only mean, hope I, I don't for them. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying. That's why I hope they extend their negotiations. Because, as we said last week, you know, Kevin Feige says it's like a five a five movie arc. It started with Civil War, Spider Man: Homecoming, Avengers: Infinity War, and Avengers whatever they call the second one there or the fourth one. And then whatever the the official sequel to Spider Man: Homecoming is, and and they can get that all done within you know I think three two years, um, and I and I want to see more. I want to see Tom Holland if he wishes to, you know, be that that college student, uh, Peter Parker, and you know they they definitely set up that that's already a question, you know, it, it, and. Um, I won't go, I I don't, I I don't want to get deeper there, but it's clear to me because I I, I don't want to spoil any of the fun for you, but it's clear to me that this is the take that it it is the infusion of the energy of the Marvel universe that the Marvel cinematic universe that has changed the tone. Like the, you know, the Tobey Maguire movies were very, they had their fun, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not as big a fan. I mean, it's like, boy, you know, you want to embarrass yourself. Go back and read a review from 15 years ago uh-huh. and say, so, like, well, I loved it because then because, well, what else was there? And then in hindsight, I was like, you know, you know, it's kind of like, it's not perfect, but it's what we've got. So, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. And Spider-Man 2 comes along. And I feel like I have the same thing. And a lot of people who said that is like, well, it's not as good as Spider-Man 2. But I, I, I've never had the urge to go back to Spider-Man 2 because there were always things that really irked me about all of them yeah, and, yeah. And, and and there were great moments but there were always things that just like eh, and i'll just blip over it it's like watching tim burton's batman i still have to fast forward to almost every vicky Vale scene and you know i yeah no and, what and I, that's how about I, spider-man what but i'm Homecoming, thinking about nothing
1: what i'm thinking about for fox is you know you know, forget the x-men you know it's it's such a mess and they've actually been doing a, a better job lately but it would be wonderful to go ahead and reintroduce the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as an event, their creation being an event that happens in timeline. And so there's some question as to who are these guys, are they safe to be around, all this other stuff um, that you could involve the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in or portions of it, and I'd love to see that movie. I would love or, to see... you
0: know, I mean, I'm going to counter put it with Fox and then say, and make it like Ant-Man. That you realize there's an entire Hank Pym story we'll never see because yeah. no one knew he was operating in the Marvel universe for a decade or so. As much as I wish I'd seen a Hank Pym and like I'd love to have seen the '70s thing, I kind of like that there's that idea. Yeah. And what if the Fantastic Four they had that experiment and they've hidden away because they felt freakish, hmm. and then you pick you take something from Mark Wade's. Uh, run with Mark, Mike Waringo and say, like, I, I don't know if you remember this, that, that Reed Richards confesses in this journal that the whole reason they, that he made them become the Fantastic Four was to distract them and make their lives good while he tried to cure them, while, be, that he did it out of guilt, that he wanted uh, to make them famous yeah. so that it would make up for what he had cost them. And I love that little motivation. And I don't know that I read many people picked that up after Mark Wade wrote that. But, you know, um, I,
1: I remember the storyline. I I I buy that for Ben Grimm, but nobody else. Because Johnny is obviously having a great time being the torch. And Sue, it doesn't, her powers, she's in, in t- entirely in control of whether or not she's invisible or not. So it's like Ben is the only, and Reed, who you know. Yeah, who, well, nothing, I just read something for up, about for Sue for that Reed.
0: I don't really remember this. but it was apparently in, what, at one point in scripting. Um she was supposed to have been an actress? And then they they kind of dropped that idea?
1: I actually think I remember that from the early comics too.
0: I think, you know, maybe I I don't remember her having anything other than like I remember her shopping in the first appearance. Yeah. Like she she turns invisible and walks out of the out of the store for reasons that just like in the movies that Fox did. Yeah. Why is Sue turning invisible right now? This is not a helpful ability it doesn't change anything you could just walk out of the store and not cause a commotion you know? <laughs> but um yeah I, I i i would like to see the fantastic four return uh and i think it could be shared i don't think i need to see deadpool um you know or x-men be in that universe yeah and and only because i just think it gets so crowded because it's it's like the spider-man issue if you create spider-man and and just make acknowledgements to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they never really touch because there's no time. Because that's the other thing. It's like you're only at best you're getting one installment every two years, as opposed to you know five issues of Spider-Man a month. Um, you know, it, so I, I don't want to waste that much time. And I, and I will say this because you would think differently from the trailers, but Iron Man really isn't. I mean, he's a major shadow in the film, yeah. but he's not. It's not the Robert Downey Jr. show, like you know, trying to take totally take under, a, yeah, take it totally
1: away. get that, yeah,
0: yeah. You yeah. know, so it, it's really about Spider Man, and and like I said, um, you know, you're going to love it just because it is so clear that they love the comics, and they 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 organically got in on so many references to comics moments that some people will get, some people won't. And that's okay because it's always enjoyable and it's always dramatic. And, and I think just a, a great, great movie. And, I, you know, one other thing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we, which I, I, I do want to mention casting wise this week, that they're putting Jimmy Woo in Ant Man and the Wasp. That's and, pretty uh, cool. Yeah. So Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat uh, is going to be Jimmy Woo. And so you got the Shield revived and and. There he is, you know. Um, so I, I'm excited about that. I, I say my my dream. Since you put it out there, you wanted Spider-Man: to Return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then I want Jimmy Woo to lead Agents of Atlas, and I want Gorilla Man <laughs> to make it by 2022. Come on, come on, come on, come on. But you know, and I re- I, I I wrote that being kind of sarcastic and like yeah, you know, th- I know that'll never happen. But I thought I thought about it and. Then, well, they did make a talking raccoon into America's Sweetheart. And
1: they've had gorilla, so, co- a convincing Gorilla Grodd.
0: And occasionally less than convincing Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, people have accepted that. Um, yeah. Uh, so things are moving forward, and there we go. Next one is going to be Thor Ragnarok. I do also want to say, seeing Spider-Man was also the first time I saw Black Panther, the trailer, in a theater. Oh. Like I'd only watched online. Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, especially in the wake of, of, of Wonder Woman, where you know you want you watch Wonder Woman every screening I've been to, uh, every, every showing screening sounds like I'm getting you know, all these elite things. No, I paid for Wonder Woman every time, and every showing I've been to Wonder Woman, you know, the applause, the thunderous, the people reacting—nothing compared to Black Panther. Wow! Like that trailer went, and then I it was just like, I I I thought that trailer was going to get a standing ovation. The reaction so strong in the theater and i'm like oh my gosh this is you know i it looked good to me i just didn't think people were gonna get that into it and of course the first that i saw that in la and then you know maybe that's the difference because the industry people going like yeah finally but but i've just i've never seen that kind of reaction to the trailer and uh so oh marvel you keep doing it right. I, I, I wanted to become Mister Magoo over there. Oh, oh <laughs> Marvel, you've done it again. Uh, so let's talk comics, because Marvel, you've done it again. Um, <laughs> they've been dripping and you know put out in drips and drabs the Marvel legacy uh, books. Um, that like some of them now, I'm like going, really? Does Champions need a reboot at this point? Does you know a, a jumping on point? I think there's there's a sadness you know to that. Um, Luke Cage is only, like, on issue six or seven. Um, but, I mean, I realize they're restoring a legacy numbering there. But we talked about uh, last week, like, how they're doing these covers that homaged earlier covers. And you asked the deathless question. It's like, you just speak it, and, and Marvel brings into the into reality. It's like, are there going to be lenticular covers? And last week, Marvel did not say that. They just said, look, was, you know, they, they gave us some gifts that they kind of, like, showed what the homage was to. And now they're going to—they've announced this week—they are going to release them as lenticular coverage. You can get the—you can get the homage cover, or you can get it with a lenticular cover that goes back and forth between the original and the new, um, which was similar to what Batman and the Flash did with the Button.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, which I—I'm going to admit, I broke down and bought one lenticular cover, uh, the last issue of the Button, because I just wanted that Jay Garrick image. Uh huh moving you know it was really cool but i also paid a buck more for that so the question that no one's answered is are, we, are they expecting people to pay a dollar more right for for that when you know you that know they are books, you know they are i know i want to believe and, in and the frankly, goodness of humanity
1: frankly i think that cover lenticular is probably worth a buck i don't know that i want it but it probably it probably does increase the cost of producing that comic in considerable. Oh length. no, I
0: know it does. But yeah, yeah. But it, it's like I guess the thing with covers for me is unless you're gonna frame it,
1: yeah. You enjoy it for about you know, a couple of minutes, maybe if you're really spending time with it, and that's yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You um, know, let's say five minutes to read the book.
1: Yeah, and, but you're not looking okay. at the cover all the time.
0: Well, and then it takes 10 because you have to keep flipping back to that cover. You're right, right, and then spinning a little bit. Uh, So we, again, it's kind of one of those we shall see. You know, they also said um, that they're going to change the way you read comics. I'm like, so far, everything has been the way I already read comics. You're charging me an extra buck for a cover. (laughs) Uh, We we
1: bitch about the price. Let's see what else is new.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, You're starting over with number ones again. (laughs) Uh, And, and, uh, no, so far nothing seems all that different (laughs) so i i mean i to me it's gonna be you're gonna keep buying what you're buying and those things are still gonna be good because i don't feel like they've like shaken up creative teams nor should they um but it just feels like you're doing a fake event to bring in new readers and again it's like i just don't know if bringing the new readers will will work um I'd like to think. I'd like to think they're coming in, but I, I think the new readers are there. I just don't think they're reading Marvel. I don't think they're reading DC necessarily. I had to make the statement to Anna over at elusive, uh so like, you know, with with the legacy stuff, it's like well, you know, they've also announced that each issue of the official legacy rollout will have a three page primer with Mark Bagley art kind of like giving an overview of the hero how they got there and so forth. And I said, and I said, I think this is weird. And I said, well, not every Luke has a me. Right. You know? And so I <laughs> think I can't remember what it was today that Luke asked me about it. Oh, cause he picked up justice incorporated. And so he read it and he put it down and said, okay, dad, what's the deal with the Avenger? And so we had a conversation on the drive back up from summer school of like, you know, of the pulp magazines and all this, and like probably bored the kid to death. Uh, and, but you know, how many how many parents can do that uh, when a kid's interested in a comic? And then, yeah. and that's also assuming are they kids? You know, say somebody who's twenty three walks in, you know, they, they want to catch up or they want to buy Saga. So, uh, speaking of a, a, a well, not speaking of an old one, uh, but Ragman is coming back. He's getting a rebirth miniseries in October, um, which.
1: Have we ever talked about the, the fact basic... that he's the weirdest character on Green Green Arrow? Just that
0: they've Well just Arrow. On yes, Arrow, but uh, that they
1: just kind of they kinda of just threw him in there and not much they kinda of discovered him and then he was part of the team. It's like okay
0: So so explain, since I really I, I don't watch Arrow. Um I kinda of keep up, but I knew he was on it. Yeah. Was he supernatural in there? Did they use the souls?
1: I can't remember if they actually they explained that part. Um so probably they didn't didn't. Um he's he's almost like he gets played up more like um Mr. Fantastic than anything else. He, he just kind of – his suit reaches out and slaps people around and then retracts back oh, onto him.
0: okay. So it does have power. So it is – they'll probably – if they want to bring him back, they'll talk about the souls. This one's getting – I mean it's, it's almost like oh, – I can't remember what the name of the character in that super team Jeff Johns created for Aquaman. Um, the Others, um, there was the one that had the dog tags of all the guys in his unit and – he, so he had all their consciousnesses. Oh yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I can't remember the name of the character. Cause it clearly like as cool an idea as it was that Aquaman had this other team. Um, none of them really stuck. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen them since, since what, <laughs> since whatever happened to them. Uh, this tells, puts Rory as a, as a war vet. Uh, he's been out in the Iraqi desert and he finds this artifact, the suit of souls. And the the dead members of his unit are trapped in there. So it still keeps the rag thing, but the art that they've shown looks almost like it's a mummy instead of the multicolored. Um, you know, it, the original description was I guess he was like you know it, it, there was another word for it, but but like a golem, like the uh, suit itself had been he created was a to a protect. Tatterdemalion,
1: as I recall, tatterdemalion You don't know how Demi- to say that. either. Dem- I. <laughs> tatterdemalion. I think I've I'd read it for years and never tried to say it aloud, you know, it's one of those words. Uh but I it's know. tattered Dam- Damian or something. It it seemed like Demon. Tattered
0: Damien, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a bad day for Damien Wayne. Right. Uh, tattered right. Damien, yes. Uh and,
1: and did t- you remember t- the name of the, the uh the other character who was uh with the dog tags? He was prisoner of war.
0: That was his name?
1: That was his name.
0: I you know, see, yeah. Uh, I they, thought they were cool they ideas. Had, but they had was...
1: great names like the operative and uh, prisoner of war, and yeah,
0: and the whole team was called the others. The others because they were the others that he played with when he wasn't playing with Justice League. Yeah, uh, so well,
1: anyway. Batman had the outsiders already. So
0: well, that made sense. I yeah. want
1: to know, yeah, and Plastic Man had the, the awkward people.
0: We shall see. He's coming back with the awkward people. Although, yeah. two weeks ago, I just want to call out to people, uh, Scooby-Doo team up at Scooby-Doo and Plastic Man, and that's the way I'd rather see him. So, um, Max Landis has teased that there's a sequel coming to one of my begrudgingly favorite uh, miniseries of the last couple of years, Superman, American Alien. Uh, did you ever read all of that?
1: I never got around to – I have it collected now because I lost track of the comics, but uh, I read, like, the first episode, issue of it. And I think when we talk about that, that was during the period where Max Landis was kind of notorious for having done that YouTube video.
0: Yeah, well, he's still notorious. He's still obnoxious, but, man, can he yeah. write comics?
1: yeah. But it, that was my my reluctance to wanting to like it. Yeah, but
0: I'd say he, you know, one, they firmly have said he is not, they've not confirmed. It's like they're letting him play in his own little, they're not calling it Else Worlds, but it's his own little continuity. Yeah. And his take is just so, it was actually so surprisingly cool. I just actually, I got into into it with some family uh, i do this on facebook a couple of younger family members okay nieces and a uh, niece and a nephew who were just like you know man of steel and Zack snyder saying that superman had to kill to get to be the superman that, that you love it's so true and you know i agree with that And i said no i totally disagree you know if you're and which i think spider-man hunker improves same thing it's like because they don't they don't meant really mention the origin. They, they make a couple of offhand references to it, but it's, it does not in any way, shape, or form dominate any section of the narrative. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's Spider Man and Superman are two sides of the same coin, and it's a double headed coin. That their characters is because of their upbringing and the morality that they've been given. They're doing what they're doing because it's right, not because have had some trauma. They have to. I mean, I'll grant you that's Batman's thing. If the Waynes had not been killed, Bruce Wayne would have probably been a complete d bag uh, as an adult, uh, just a, an, another bored rich guy. He maybe. Have been Tommy.
1: I mean, his dad was he, a reasonable guy, so.
0: He, well, you, you know, but he would he I, he wouldn't be as cool. He'd be. Elite, but in the way that Howard Zinn would have written a chapter in the, in the People's History of the United States. I like uh, to
1: think he'd be the American Richard Branson.
0: We could use one of those. Uh, so, yeah, American Alien kind of takes that. I, so I, I countered to my, to my nieces niece and nephews that you should, one, watch Superman II, preferably the Richard Donner cut, um, and see how many of the same dilemmas of Man of Steel are played out without resorting to killing people um, or without letting people die and then it actually becomes an issue for him um, and then I, I said read all-star Superman proof that you can he can be that big Boy Scout and you still see the pain and you still see the loss yeah and and all that and I said and Superman American alien um, where he is trying to find his way and in the there is one act of vi- uh, violence I think it's in the second issue where I was a little taken aback but the person didn't die, and it was you know but it was the the guilt there, and it comes you know i don't know it comes down to me you know there are so many ways to to humanize Superman without making him make mistakes. you know, I still get to Superman the animated series, the pilot of that when Clark Kent, not having yet become Superman, sees a trailer on fire, knows that there are people trapped inside, and he isn't sure if he's invulnerable and he still rushes in and saves them. And and God bless Bruce Tim and Paul Dini that even in that limited animation, you can see him wrestling with that. Is he going to survive if he tries to save these people? And he goes in any way, unsure. And that's what Superman is, is to me, just because he had... Just because now he knows he'll survive <laughs> doesn't make it any less heroic or doesn't mean he has to be, you know, have a dark core about it. It's just, you know, he does it because it's the right thing to do. And that's the conclusion that American Alien reaches. And I got to buy the collection because I want that to be sitting on a shelf that I can reference from time to time directly. Anyway, he's released... Uh, Max Landis teased a script page to what they're currently calling Superman, Agent of Batman. So uh, they Thinking that next week at Comic Con there may be an official announcement from DC about that, and that, that it's going to be starting in late 2017, where it's kind of the relationship between, which I vaguely recall, and you may know better from like um, Silver Age, uh, and I think it's sometime even into the 80s, it almost becomes the about the relationship between Dick Grayson and Clark Kent as people that, as Batman's becoming Batman. But obviously, still a lot more driven than Clark Kent is Superman Superman. And what's set up in American Alien is that there's almost it's, that Batman has come first, so Dan Di got his way, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> and so, but you've got Robin, and so what happens with you know with Robin and Superman both kind of in the shadow of of Batman. I just I can't believe I'm saying this because I I found that on that YouTube video with Max Landis. And rumor has it that the Jesse Eisenberg portrayal of Lex Luthor is basically a Max Landis impersonation. Uh, I, <laughs> I, found him. Uh, now watch it, compare them, and you think. Uh, so I'm sorry, you don't have to watch it. Uh, but, but you know, I found him. I, I freely admit it. I found him kind of obnoxious. But I just he, thought he, he was
1: can, doing Zuckerberg.
0: Oh uh, no, man! Is Eisenberg's Lex Luthor was so much more energetic than. That is Zuckerberg. No, I thought he was
1: doing Zuckerberg again, but
0: I'm saying it's so much more energetic than his actual portrayal as Zuckerberg. Right. Right. I know. know, Yeah. But you know, it's almost like, it's almost like, like the president of the United States. I'm not positive that I've ever actually watched a video of Zuckerberg speaking in real life. Oh, I have plenty of times. I'm sure you have, but I'm just saying I, I, I I can't necessarily compare that. I mean, I I would agree there's a Zuckerberg comparison, but the manic energy that's Max Landis. And, uh, I, I really loved American Alien, and if there's a sequel to that, I'm loving that. I do want to just say one other Comic-Con thing, even though it's only tangentially comics-related, which is that Hasbro, I have made peace. I there is no room. I, I will not purchase this this thing. <laughs> but did you see the box set for the IDW Revolution Hasbro-verse comic? I
1: did. Con? I did. I, 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 I kind of have like three comments comments on it. But you want to describe what it is before I? Well, yeah.
0: I'll say there is an article on, I, you know, I've run the pictures that Entertainment Weekly got. To, you know, I mean, that's how big Comic Con is. I swear to you, you know, the first seven years I was going to Comic Con, there's no way that any major media outlet was attending this. And I'm saying, t- the year 2000 to 2007, Entertainment Weekly wasn't doing a squat. Now they're running preview. They're getting the exclusives on toys being sold at comic-con but what it is is a box of last last summer idw and there's an interview with the brand managers on on family planet too i was really glad to i should reach out again and see if i could talk to those guys again because so much is clearly happening behind the scenes um with the hasbro verse and um they did this book called revolution a crossover that put it in rom uh, micronauts Let's see, I said the ones I like best first, right. uh, even though they really weren't. the Well, ROM was kind of the focus because it was introducing ROM, but it's Transformers, G.I. Joe, right? Mask.
1: Um, Mask is the weird one.
0: Action Man. Um, yeah, see, Mask is, wasn't Mask originally, it was like the, uh, when Kenner and Hasbro were two different companies, I think Kenner came up with Mask to compete with G.I. Joe. So to put them in together when you realize that they're essentially the same the franchise same with yeah. different names it's odd. And the ma- and the mask
1: think, the mask gimmick was something that they did as a specialty thing for the toys, you know that yes. the toys could do something not that it made it that much sense in the show.
0: And IDW I think did a, 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 as as good a job as you could justifying both of them. Kind yeah. of in the way that Marvel now has shield and sword and is there a hammer um, there's there's something else um, you know all these like sister organizations so they this they, they sort of made that happen uh, but anyway th- this box set is, is has basically w- like a sampler of each one of those franchises, yeah. so there's a Jetfire from the transformers. Who like again? This gets deep into stuff that I, I don't know. I just read on the Entertainment Weekly article that in the original Transformers series, the toy had actually been from another set in Japan.
1: It's from it's a Veritech fighter.
0: Okay, it's see. it's a
1: Veritech fighter from um, over here. It was called uh, not Star Blazers, but maybe it was Star Blazers. Um, but yeah, uh, was it's, it, or was it's there, a transforming was fi- it a fighter. Robotech.
0: Yeah, Robotech, Robotech. or Macross. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so Hasbro took it from Macross or Robotech, yeah. and and made it a transformer. So the Jetfire in the cartoon didn't match the toy. I'll tell you. So
1: so just so you, you know, nerd nerd cred there. If if the fin on the on the uh, leg says UN Spacey, it's Robotech Macross. Um, if it doesn't, then it's uh, the other one.
0: I will never know, and yet I will <laughs> sleep tonight. Not to mock you there. It's like really, I, I don't know because the new toy won't have it anyway. Yeah, um, is because the big deal is it's the first time that the jet the jetfire figure will match the jetfire that's in the comics. So uh, it doesn't look like the previous transformer called jetfire. It looks like the one from the comics. So they molded it right out of that or, or modeled it right after that. Then there's roadblock from GI Joe. Who was played by Dwayne Johnson in a movie that I slept through. And uh, so that figure's there. And then for Mask, and I thought this was interesting because I never watched Mask. I never had any toys. Even the G.I. Joe of that size, that three and three-quarter inch, I only had, had snake eyes because um, I thought, uh, cool, and then I went off to college. But um, uh, the Matt Tracker being the leader of Mask, because I think we recall DC had a, had a comic of, of Mask, and I think I might have looked through it once, or it was like they had an eight-page insert one month in every book. I so think I you're know right. I, I know I read something with Mask, so I knew kind of who Matt Tracker was. Um, they've made uh, Matt Tracker African American, and I thought here is the case for like diverse casting and so forth because this franchise meant nothing to me and only because my brain is chock full of useless information regardless of how i absorbed it it's the only way i knew that matt tracker had originally been a caucasian character and it made but i have no emotional attachment to that at all so i thought well for a whole new generation that doesn't know the original 80s toys like if you're really aiming this at kids you know Kids and and teens, um, which I know, that's always my pipe dream, and it's not true. It's it's guys who are in their 50s are going, you raped my childhood. (laughs) Um, You know, it's – you can just restart it all. You can can cast these characters the way they should be to reflect how life is now instead of how it was. Right, right. You know, how media portrayed it in the 80s. I thought – well, you know, good move. I, I'm like that, that, that's cool. I just wish I knew a thing about Matt Tracker and cared. I don't. Yeah,
1: it's it's always the case because nobody today would want to read Superman if he was the way he was portrayed in Superman One. You know, because just you know.
0: Oh, that, Superman the movie? No, yeah.
1: no, the comic.
0: Oh, Superman! Oh, no, action comics. Action right? comics I mean, one. Action, yeah, one, number one. No, that, that's true. Those stories are kind of boring. Um, by today's standards yeah i I know having gone through the dc archives and like going wow it took like two years for dc and i think probably marvel to figure out that super villains were a good idea yeah you know it's like wow a whole year's worth of superheroes going up against guys in suits
1: yeah how (laughs) how how entertaining is it the bullets bounce off him every time and it's always a surprise to the bad guys
0: yeah you know Yeah. yeah i um, sorry so back to you've got mask uh
1: the other cool thing about mask and i say cool really ironically was that all those masks were like diving bell helmets so they went not only they fit over the heads but they went down over their chests and stuff like that's 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 really yeah well
0: the limitation of the molding i guess you know and also made it so you wouldn't lose the pieces um I, you know that's always the thing that yeah, bother, it's the truth about action figures that the helmets have to be so much bigger in order to snap on. So here's what I think is the genius, uh, and which I'm hoping then that they will release as individual sets. And this I can make, I can make room for one figure or two figures. Is that Rom, which we're never going to get as a foot long, foot tall um, electronic figure the way that the original Parker Brothers one was. It's just it would just be too expensive. It's not worth um, Hasbro's time to recreate that. Um, Instead, they recreated him as a three-and-three-quarters figure. Right. And I think that was a brilliant move. But the even more brilliant move is, for the first time, there's another figure in the ROM universe, and they included a dire race, Um, which looks very different from the Marvel version. It's the IDW version, and I think that's good, too, because there was a lawsuit. They got the trademark back, but they can't use the design.
1: Well, the Dire Wraiths in Marvel were actually kind of lame because they're like big old blobby things.
0: Yeah, but these now, they're frightening as hell. So um, they're yeah. a little more slendermanish, and I like that. Um, so you could actually create, you know, I, I'd be fine. Sell me a two-pack of Rom and the Dire Wraith. And, um, and then am I missing? Uh, okay, so there's also a Visionary, which apparently has only been into that. And so far, I put out the call, like, and a lot of people have looked at the article already, and I like, does anybody, is there anybody with a strong attachment to visionaries? Like, I just feel like that's a concept that, damn it, they're going to make us, they're going to convince us we liked. And I don't remember a thing about, I remember the figures. I, I never bought one, but I remember them. But I don't, I know there was a cartoon, and I know there was a comic book, but I don't remember anybody ever talking about them. I don't remember the, either one lasting I, very long.
1: Pretty sure the gimmick there was, um, they came with like banners. They and had the, holograms. And, and the, there was like a banner hologram and then there was a chest hologram.
0: Yeah. 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 So but that was, that was absolutely, that was the gimmick. Yeah. But I don't remember, you know, again, there's one, I just don't, no. think that, I, I yeah. just don't know that anybody's all that excited about. No. Now the other, and, uh, piece of this collection that I will consider reasonably brilliant. Oh, well, there's Action Man. I should mention that I forgot to mention that. There's Action yeah. Man, an Action Man figure. But the the micronauts are there in kind of that real minifigure. Mattel had played around with that. There's a Judge Dredd set where they were like less than an inch tall. There's no um, there's no articulation on them, but there's just the figures. And if you're going to say they're all set in one universe, I guess that's the smartest thing to do.
1: Well, now you uh, said something that now, do are the other ones articulated? Because they yes. sure didn't look that way to me. They look like they're on bases.
0: They're on display bases, which you can take them off of. Oh, okay. You, okay. If you look closely, they're jointed.
1: Well, they're... that was what I was going to say. The, the close-up of Rom made him look like he had the same kind of jointedness to that the figure mm-hmm. had. Which I thought was kind of an interesting and ironic, but maybe in place thing. If he wasn't jointed, to have him molded that way.
0: No, his elbows are his his elbows are jointed. You can you, you can see that. You you see where the lines are. And that's kind of funny.
1: Uh, was his were his elbows jointed in the original figure? Nope. nope. Yeah, they were like at so, a forty five well, degree angle.
0: So they're doing it like they're doing it like the modern day little uh, three and three quarter GI Joes, and I guess the Star Wars figures. Yeah do you know i i i I honestly i I haven't bought any of the new star wars figures either but i'm just i've got the originals and i'll I'll be selective about what i pretend i have space to have to Uh, display in my home yeah you know and and so like a, a rom figure would be cool um and the micronauts if they're small again that's a that's a cool touch in the interview I did last last year with the, with the brand managers, there's a very specific reason why, you know, they, ha- they have to start from scratch with Micronauts anyway because only three molds from uh, the Japanese company that originated them, or that originated Microman, only three molds still exist. Right. So last year's box set um, that they sold to Comic-Con that recreated the original Micronauts, those are the only three that can be recreated. So if you're going to start from scratch... I, you know, I'm all for put it into an affordable way where you can, you can fill up as much of that universe of that microverse, if you will, um, as possible selling two or three packs. And so the kids can play with them. And I would assume kids want to, and then you can create, because the cool thing about Micronauts was all the vehicles and the play sets. And, you know, so there's a Biotron and there's an Acroyer and there, and, uh, they had like, told, a, like, six, six like a there was like a
1: raceway that was kind of like uh, Hot Wheels tracks for them.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying in this box set there's there's these. Oh, but, the, yeah, yeah, but uh, there's a Biotron figure, so he's larger than the others. Right. But they've even gone deep that there's one of the alien. There's an alien in there that's one of that last wave of aliens that came out for Micronauts in the in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name, but, but they were like brightly colored. But yeah, there was a raceway. I think there was something that came you could sense to be a, a, a city. I will confess, uh, somewhere in the garage is is a Biotron that wasn't mine. It was my it was my former brother in law's and and there's no way I'm gonna sell it. I've just gotta take it out someday and dust it off and go like, are all the pieces actually still here? I,
1: I found really all my micronauts.
0: I found my micronauts. You found all of them? Yeah, That's I have awesome.
1: I have a complete Baron Karza and the horse and Andromeda. Uh, Andromeda and I have um I have Biotron and I have the smaller robot which unfortunately toys of that age if there were any parts that were like flexible rubber, it's all oxidized um, right now and it crumbles yeah. away. Uh, but I yeah. know there are people who sell new tracks and stuff. But they, he had like a tri triwheel wheel track yeah. thing, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I unearthed those a little while ago. Yeah,
0: very cool. And all
1: all the you know, all you know the real the real um, difficulty in Micronauts was it actually was two separate toy lines yeah that they just, just like combined. transformers
0: was pulling in you know yeah so,
1: so all the bigger ones like baron Carza was from an entirely different line from the micronaut multi-jointed ones
0: which only bothered me a little bit when i was yeah 10. yeah uh, <laughs> because again like rom what it was was the marvel series that's what got me into those toys yeah yeah like i bought a time traveler because it was cheap and i thought it looked cool and then micronauts number one came out and i was like yeah i'm sold on these toys you know just as i never had a rom but i have every i had every issue of rom um you know and and i know that that uh everybody in comics would love to uh reprint all those old marvel comics but the legal costs of sorting out the rights right now is just—it's ridiculous. Uh, sometimes I, I love the age we're in, and sometimes I hate the age we're in <laughs> because I would—I I would love to show my son uh, Micronauts while he's young enough to still just young enough to still care, you know, that it's a really cool sci-fi concept. And, should we
1: and, should we move on and talk maybe about something you're also going to hate?
0: <laughs> oh, sure, that's a great one. So Suicide Squad Two has been confirmed. No date set in stone because, of course, DC, the DC Extended Universe doesn't necessarily know uh, what they're going to do, uh, when they're going to release things. But uh, they do have a front runner directing. At one point, they'd approached Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad 2, and it's not him. It's this guy, and I'm, I, I'm not quite sure how to say his name. It's I was J-U-M-E. waiting for you. J-U-M-E. So I'm, I'm thinking... Um, Huam. Huam? I don't know if I, Wam, Wham? Haume? Jome? Because I don't know if Colette Serra is French or Spanish. And uh, so, uh,
1: This might be cool if each uh, each part comes from a different language and you have to parse out the. uh,
0: Okay, Jome, Colette Serra. Anyway, the director of The Shallows is the front runner to direct. And you don't know who the team is. You just assume that Will I mean, Will Smith signed on in the first place because he knew he was going for a franchise. So, and you assume Marga, Margot Robbie is doing it because she loves being Harley Quinn. And uh, so, again, no, 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 where it's coming, but it is coming, no matter what we think. And the guy that played Captain Boomerang was the first one I'd heard say that it was happening. And everybody was like, you're crazy because nobody said anything publicly. Uh, so, I will assume that Captain Boomerang as well, uh, and especially you know, I think it would be very ironic if, uh, if Captain Boomerang got more movies than the actual cinematic Flash did uh, before the Flash <laughs> movie happened sometime <laughs> in 2030 so uh, uh. on the uh, say strictly remember, even though a few sites have run with it and they're reputable sites, but I think they're all citing circularly the same anonymous report we do know Patty Jenkins has publicly stated that she's got ideas for Wonder Woman 2 uh, although apparently they've not officially announced that she's got a contract to direct it, but there's rumor that she and Jeff Johns are working on the script, or at least breaking the story down, and they're considering putting her in the 1980s in the Cold War. And I, I'm not sure that I like just jumping her forward into different historical periods. When Batman v. Superman kind of implied that nobody had seen her since World War One
1: it did seem like she'd kind of gone underground because of what all the stuff that happened in world war one. And that made that made a lot of sense. And she only came out of retirement for what was going on then. And that, yeah, that makes that. I like that, you know, the, I, I, and maybe they just want to do another period piece, you know, they should, I, I, I guess they should know that that movie wasn't successful because it was a period piece. It no, was no successful because of good writing and good character arcs. And, and...
0: and I think it tapped into it tapped into something that uh that like Black Panthers tap, tapping into. There's an energy, there's a need. It's it it is good. It's I think if it had been truly bad, it would it, it would not have had the effect it has. But because it, it it's good it was in the right place in the right time too. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, you're right. It didn't have to be it, the success is not because it's a period piece. Its success is because of when people got to see it, you know, um, it, it was overdue. It was long past time for something like that. So, right. um, I think you could put her in the modern day and keep going with some kind of vague, expanded, extended universe storyline. Um, the way Marvel plays it, you know, they're having their own adventures, but it could be modern day, and I don't think anybody would would think twice or upset, be upset. I want to give a shout out to a very obscure title that is getting uh, that is getting shopped around for movies. It has at least been optioned, uh, and this is a book one from the publisher Action Lab. You don't really often hear about Action Lab, which is mostly digital, and they 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 do. Uh, some print stuff, but mostly they're online comics, and uh, they've got this um, kind of quasi-supernatural detective story that I think you can probably um, determine from the title uh, what beloved uh, what one of Ameri- uh, beloved America's favorite comic strip uh, it parodies uh, Spencer and Locke.
1: uh i'm I'm at a loss
0: calvin and hobbs uh so oh
1: it, of course it, yes it's uh
0: it, it's uh, uh spencers' grown up uh and he's a detective and he's uh there's a murder he has to solve by um, calling upon his childhood imaginary friend, a giant stuffed tiger uh named Locke, uh, and so it's parody, but a, a allegedly really strong story in, an, in and of itself. And it's been optioned. Uh, the creators were, by the way, David Post and Jose Santiago Jr. Uh, I've seen this on the stands. I've got the PDFs. I really need to need to read them. Um, it's another one. I don't know a lot of people that are reading it because I don't know that a lot of people saw it on the stands. But the people that I that I have seen – seen you know or, or know that they read they have liked it so I think it's interesting it's been optioned for a film series by the producer of the hitman movies um, which one the hitman movies weren't very good but on the other hand I want to give a shout out to two out of nowhere creators who you know kind of created this silly concept but then once upon a time there was a silly silly parody concept that, that has become a beloved franchise with Just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so uh, Spencer and Locke could have a very long life in film. Could be interesting and fun, and, and uh, so shout out to them. Uh, and Action Lab for doing these quirky ideas and putting them out there. Uh, I know I reviewed a few years ago something called Pirate Eye, which was a, a private detective who was a pirate uh, in, the, in the on the Spanish Main, and you know that was a really fun book too. So. They do some really out-there stuff, and, and good for them. Uh, let's turn to television and uh, the big news today that just came out, and I haven't even had a chance to uh, post. So many like news news articles came out. Um, but uh, Netflix and Dark Horse have announced that um, they are bringing the Umbrella Academy, Gerard Way and, and Gabriel Ba's, uh, series superhero series for Dark Horse, Is coming to Netflix.
1: That will be cool. That will be cool.
0: So I know there's been talk about it. You know that that people have circled around for a long time, and it's finally, finally happening. Yeah, that's really cool. And and it is interesting because this is the first solid thing out of um, I'm trying to think. It was UCP UCD uh, Universal Cable Productions. Yeah, it's UCP um, had signed a first look deal with Dark Horse right before Comic Con last year. And the Umbrella Academy, I don't think, was one of the books they were talking about. And those other series haven't come to fruition yet, but here this one is. And so that's, that's really yeah. Interesting. So
1: I'm I'm looking at an article from 2015, Harrow County, backup concrete. And um, but an umbrella company, um, umbrella academy is listed.
0: It um, is listed. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't I hadn't even had a chance to go through the archives, but thank you.
1: But was again, it I... I I'd was love it to... two
0: thousand fifteen or two
1: thousand sixteen? This just actually. Last... I'm looking at the Dark Horse uh, Comics press releases.
0: Oh, okay. Because I know I ran the ran the piece on it. It could have been two years ago. Time has blurred. Yeah, it's exactly um,
1: almost exactly two years ago this article came out. But okay. I, I mean, I would love to see a concrete, um, a concrete show. Well,
0: that's that's one that they've people have danced around since the moment that first came out. Yeah, you remember getting Comic Scene magazine, and every month they'd have the list of things that were being optioned. Kids, uh, this was before the internet. We had to depend on a monthly magazine to tell (laughs) us paper. Uh, Yeah, it was two pages in the back, and it would just say here, you know, what's active, what's not, what's dead. It would tell you know what was all this complicated stuff, and you know, at least two years of Comic Scene. It was concrete was coming, concrete was coming, and nope. Um, so I'm hoping that'll still happen. Uh, also late last night, they did, uh, or I guess not all that late last night, but, uh, Freeform's next superhero show after Cloak and Dagger, uh, announced its casting for new warriors, which is led by squirrel girl. So, uh, Milana Vayntrub, who is the girl from the AT&T commercials.
1: She is so funny. She's, she's like on, uh, at midnight all the time too. I guess she does stand yeah, up.
0: she and she, she's an improv. And she, yeah. it, she, she performs at UCB all the time. Um, so, and she was on that, uh, what was that, uh, Paul, was it Paul Feig? Um, Yahoo science fiction sitcom, uh, the name of which I cannot think of at all. I, I never, can't either. I got to watch it because Yahoo's interface was so bad. And unfortunately, none of the shows other than Community have shown up anywhere else like community showed uh, the last season of community that was on yahoo did make it over to hulu but all the other series that they were showing didn't other space uh, maybe maybe that was it um i know she's been kind of like this it girl that nobody's quite found a thing for i think she's perfect casting for 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 squirrel girl um the and it really is is as much uh I so think when they first announced New Warriors, this is as much Great Lakes Avengers as yeah. it is New Warriors. Yeah. Um, you know, because Night Thrasher's in there and Speedball. Although, really, I, I'm, they'd better be making a lot of jokes about what a what an inappropriate name Speedball is. Uh, I you know I don't know that I don't know name.
1: I don't know that the drug reference there is going to catch anyone's ear in the 21st century. But maybe I think it's something that that younger kids aren't going to catch on.
0: Well, okay, you know I don't know. I mean, from my days on the street, I just assumed that <laughs> people were still doing speedballs. Um, he had those- another name. too. wasn't he the Mass Marvel. The for speedball? Yeah, it was the original title of the of the the feature when Steve Ditko was doing it, it was like Speedball the Mass Marvel. Um, I don't know. Weird looking power. It would be really cool if they use it, um, but I'm getting the feeling that this is more about they're going to pay a lot more attention to the making fun of the melodrama of their lives than their superpowers. Um, so well, he, he was he was
1: he had three names. Are you ready for the walk down memory lane? Well, Speed, I know he
0: was. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Speedball, and you're right. The mass marvel and penance after penance, yeah. after he started in, civil I, war.
0: I that article, yes, I, that's what I said in the article is that. Uh, he was it, that he became penance the masochistic hero who triggered his powers by um, hitting spikes into his own body um, because that's what his power was. Kinetic energy would would cause uh, bouncing balls basically. Well, that's what it looked like, and it would make him very um, bouncy. He yeah. was like flubber. Uh, it it was
1: uh, yeah. It was more like an action reaction kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So they've cast a uh, guy as Mister Immortal, Derek Theler. And this is one of those where I go where I'm just like, wow, I am so out of it. Because they said after six seasons on Freeform's Baby Daddy, a show <laughs> that apparently has ended without my ever being aware in six years that it existed. But, um, I mean, just, again, it goes back to there's so much to be aware of. And, you, and, and so you can't be. There's just too much. And it's clearly a show that was never aimed at me anyway. And Freeform would be horrified as a network to discover that, a, that a, a man my age was going, yes, I'm loving this network. Well, but you put superheroes on it, I'm going to try it. Um, you know, So New Warriors is going to be 10 episodes. So I, I like that they're giving us the, you know, the little shortened thing so that if I don't get to watch it on Freeform, I can catch it when it shows up on Hulu. Um, just on a purely technical note, this is noteworthy that it is the first time a Marvel movie is coming out in 4K, or a Disney Marvel movie is coming out in 4K, which is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and James Gunn really pushed for it. Why it's further noteworthy to us, I think you were aware I had posted the picture that James Gunn tweeted out of the uh, of David Hasselhoff and the Sneeples uh, singing Inferno. There may be a full on music video on this 4K Blu-ray of David Hasselhoff and the Sneeples. So
1: worth the price of admission
0: for Guardians Inferno. It's gonna be worth it. It's absolutely gonna be worth it. I don't know. I don't have a 4K. I'm I'm kind of looking into the Blu-ray player for that.
1: You don't uh, want to go 4K yet. I'll I'll tell you right now. Well, actually, I've been doing some give work.
0: safety advice for give some safety advice for our listeners. No, this
1: is a this is a PS uh, PSA. Um, yeah. So right now, um, what is putting itself out there is 4K is really about 2K. With compression and stuff, partially because of, uh, requirements of processing power, partially because, um, HDMI really can't handle the bandwidth. It's getting compressed down so it can go through HDMI. So by the time they're ready to actually do full 4k in, in media and in TVs, um, you'll have to rebuy everything down to the cable. For for um for your device playback device your uh, and your your TV, so yeah, hold off for another two years.
0: Are you telling me that Dave Tapia's extensive 4K collection is a lie?
1: I would never say anything about Dave Tapia wasting his money
0: on the air. Well, none of us <laughs> none of us have room to talk about wasting money. <laughs> so, no, no, not a one of us. Um. It says I went to the comic book store today and told my son, "Avert your eyes because you're about to see a massacre on my checking account." Uh, <laughs> so, it was two weeks worth. Um. It's still it's just embarrassing. Uh. And uh, so the last thing I will question is, how many days till winter?
1: Well, winter from right now, it's about five. But by the Ooh. time people hear this, it may have already happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay no i actually
1: given the fact that we're both headed down to d23 uh i'm leaving um i'm leaving thursday morning to get down there so uh, we're gonna spend the day down there and then yeah and then get up early the next morning on friday um i'm gonna get this podcast out i may actually do
0: it tonight i may just stay up and get it done
1: because I want to go see Spider-Man tomorrow in the morning. <laughs> okay,
0: if you're a good boy, if you get the podcast done, you can go see Spider-Man. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't swear. You just have to cut out some of the things where we said I had to pause and, take, and help my son. But uh, when,
1: winter officially comes this Sunday.
0: Okay, which means, man, well, you maybe get to watch it. Unless D23 has programming going in until like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. But I don't think I will. Maybe I'll watch it on Monday. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, you know, I should also say I I, I I I I haven't watched this week's Twin Peaks, but I caught up to the oh man I guess origin of Bob episode, which was tremendous. But my favorite, you know, he took they took a week off. And it's the they,
1: origin of a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, but I think it might have been Vulture that did this. They published a review of the episode. That it, that was shown in the week that the week that the show was on hiatus, because they said that was the most daring art experiment of David Lynch was that if you had given yourself over to Twin Peaks, even on the week that there wasn't a new episode, oh, there was a new episode.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: in your head, <laughs> it was just like the anti. I was like, I, you're right. It's so like every time i started thinking this show's getting kind of normal no. uh, you know and then oh that last the that last that was one I saw. that
1: was like eraserhead meets 2001 you know and they just i love it but i
0: was i was glad i was by myself i was and like no one weird,
1: should the weird the weird thing about it was i found it incredibly coherent for for um for lynchian um impressionist uh non-grounded video um i watched i watched it twice now and and uh the second time knowing what was coming up and i was able to pick out more stuff oh, no, I, no, it's, no. it's absolutely brilliant and you haven't watched this probably the sense. most heart-wrenching um you know the i can't remember the name of the actor who plays garland briggs major briggs um who
0: passed away several years ago yeah yeah it's halfway, halfway, i think, is his name, I and, think.
1: I I, don't, I keep going back and forth between his character is there by effect of the people who he's left behind and the things that he did. Um, but he was so much of the original series is, of what Briggs was saying to his son and other things are being pulled together by what's happening in Twin Peaks Returns. And I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, just, but... but heartwarming and breaking at the same time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there, i got to catch up on that, and we've got to watch Game of Thrones. And, of course, Preacher has returned, and Preacher is way out there, but not in the David Lynch kind of way. In, in the Garth Ennis, geez, I can't believe they're doing some of this stuff on television way. But, uh, very cool. So, uh, I'm going to leave it at that so that we can go about the rest of our night and, and that Rick can start editing so he can go see Spider-Man in the morning. And uh, so... I want to just say, of course, you can find us at your local you, – you pick us up on your local podcast, collation device, uh, website, whichever. Or you can go to fanboyplanet.com and find us there. Each and every podcast has its own page. And if you would like to help contribute uh, to the cost of supporting uh, the podcast and or the website, there's a lot of ways. First of all, if you've heard something – uh, we've talked about here that you'd like to own for your very self and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store. You can use the Amazon links that are all over the site, uh, the search box, and it'll take you through Amazon. And we get a small kickback. We also have an affiliation with Think Geek, which is full of very cool stuff um, that I, I have to limit myself to only looking at the Think Geek, ThinkGeek.com site once a month or I would end up buying too much stuff. I've heard rumors there's an actual store. And I think I would go insane if I walked into an actual store of that place. Uh, you, can also, um, you can also go to PayPal, and you can us uh, a little money that way through editor at fanboyplanet.com. Whereas also, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, if we've said something that deserves a correction, and heaven knows we often do, uh, or just right now, we were trying to remember the name of an actor. If you know, and you were shouting at your device that you knew right in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Um, so not sure exactly when we're going to record again, cause we have it's back to back convention week, D23 and San Diego Comic-Con. But uh, at the very least at the end of all this, uh, those two conventions will be coming back stronger than ever with, I'm sure a lot of interviews, a lot of, uh, fun conversation and uh maybe an action figure or two that we shouldn't have bought <laughs> uh so maybe is there maybe. a maybe we'll maybe. see maybe <laughs> so until next time i'm derek mccaw editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com,
1: and i'm rick brett snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for, for good, good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at
0: com. Okay. Go. There was uh,
1: the audio in your side... Bubbled sometimes it was never enough for me to say let's start over huh. but there were there were times and i don't know if it had to do with amplitude or or what i was trying to figure out what it was all through it and it's not it's not horrible you know it's like any any skype well i wonder or, if it's
0: just like any movement or um i am sitting near fluorescent lights um, <laughs> i'm sure so. that's it
1: are there spiders nearby anywhere
0: well no I am in the I am in the haunted end of the living room so ah. uh, it was the most convenient to be away from everybody else talking uh without suffocating in in, in the room so cool. uh.